0: It is time for another edition of the Todd Pod. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Barry Trammell is my guest today, but first we want to thank our sponsors here on the Todd Pod. MidFirst Bank, Next Generation Roofing, FireLakeJobs.com, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and Oklahoma Ford dealers. My uh, 2008 Ford Edge, 187,000 miles now on Sammy Joe, we like to call her. Cold weather, doesn't matter. She still fires up just great. And Oklahoma's Ford dealers will get you the best deal on uh, Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. So go visit your best in Oklahoma Ford dealer. And then also we want to thank Two Fellas Moving. It's cold. Your friends don't want to help you move. Your family, if they're honest with you, they don't want to help you move either. So call two fellas that do want to help you move at two fellas moving. And it's not just moving, spring cleaning's coming up. You can get junk haul rentals, dumpster services as well. Twofellas.com. If you want to quote on your move, you can get it from them with no strings attached at twofellas.com. The man needs no introduction. He is my uh, cohort, my co-worker. I guess he would, I would call him a friend, I guess, if he would have me. Uh, Barry Trammell is his name. I call him
1: Todd. <laughs> okay, good. I'm gonna, hey, hey, good. Listen, I'm going to start calling you by your old nickname. If people don't think <laughs> we're friends, we'll, we'll put an end to that. I'm just proud that you uh, you
0: hit Todd on the first one. We'll see. We n- might need to start a little jar, a little swear jar for when you accidentally say my old nickname. So you don't uh, like Tram, your own you, nickname? You don't like your old no, nickname? I'm,
1: I'm,
0: I'm fine with it as long as it's people that knew me back then and you were okay, one of those people. Okay, so. okay. okay. Uh, Tram, you wrote a story last week at selloutcrowd.com and at BarryTrammel.com that was about 2024 and college football and the new world that we face. I was surprised that Aladdin was what you went with with I didn't know you were... Are you a big Aladdin fan?
1: Well, I got granddaughters 17, 14, and 12, and I got a daughter who's, you know, their mother, so um, I've gone through a couple of generations of Disney, so, you know, I, and I enjoy a good chunk of it, so there you go. I I like musicals, so yeah, sign me up for Aladdin. It was a good pull. I'll give you some credit. Uh, we all
0: know that next year's going to be a ton of change. So a wise person, my therapist, once told me that uh, with discomfort comes growth. And next year, there's going to be a lot of new and uncomfortable things in college football. Can you pinpoint one that you think is the, the one that you're most excited about next year?
1: I think the sea change in college football for next season, the, the number one thing is, is going to be the new matchups. College football has been in a rut. It's been in a rut since probably the 90s, maybe the 80s, but somewhere about 25 years ago, someone figured out that they will you can pad your record and make a lot of money, and nobody's going to hold it against you if you play Arkansas State instead of, uh, I don't know, Michigan State. If you play Western Carolina instead of Oregon. If you play North Texas instead of Texas A&M and non-conference games went the way of the wind and networks finally got around to figuring out, you know, we can't really talk these guys into doing it. So let's just add to conference. Let's have conference realignment. Let's get Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. Let's get Let's get uh, USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. I mean, clearly the Big Ten did not want Washington and Oregon. And the Big Ten's network said, think again. Um, and so next year, we're going to have more good games. It's just that simple. We're going to have Michigan, Washington. We're going to have Oklahoma, Alabama. We're going to have Texas, Georgia, uh, and and all the subsidiaries of that. You know, Oklahoma playing Ole Miss and Auburn and LSU and um, and, and, you know, and, and on the other end, you know, uh, the Big 12, you know, rallied and got some Pac-12 teams. We're going to have Oklahoma State, Utah, and Texas Tech, Colorado, and whoever, whoever Kansas State, uh, Arizona, whoever the matchups might be. We're going to have some new blood, some good games, more good games. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I just, I just like good games. I want, I want people to play each other in the 70s and into the 80s and a little bit of the 90s teams played real schedules they didn't go looking for automatic victories and it was glorious it was pure glory
0: i think people forget what notre dame schedule used to look like before they even started mixing in some of those types of games as well uh barry one of the things you wrote was you kind of laid out some things that could happen next year and some things that will happen next year one, and we're going to hit on some of those. The first one you said could happen is a playoff game in Oklahoma, which is just a glorious thought that there's either a playoff game down in Norman or at Boone Pickens, or, I mean, heck, maybe in a once in a lifetime opportunity, uh, I don't guess they would host one, but I guess Tulsa technically could. They're in the dance now, right? Um, but just that thought that we could have a playoff game in Oklahoma, oddly enough, I think next year it's more likely it's at OU than OSU. Because if OSU gets in, they'll probably get in as the Big 12 champion and right. be a top four seed. Um, so just your thoughts on that and also moving forward, uh, do, you, do you like the idea of keeping the Bulls involved or do you want to see maybe that
1: second round also be on home sites? I, uh, well, let's take, the, let's take the first question. Um, I think you're right on. You're spot on. I think that's very perceptive. It's probably not all that likely that Stillwater gets to host anytime soon because it's a, it's a narrow bridge. It's like between the two, the two shores for, the, for hosting. Five, six, seven, eight seeds are going to host. Nobody above them is going to host. Nobody below them is going to host. So can the Big 12 runner-up, let's call them, get into that? Sure, if they're 11-1. 10-2, probably not. Or 11-2, probably not might get in nine to 12 so you know it'd take a most of those
0: take, most of those games are going to be on sec or big 10 sites or maybe notre that's right. dame i think from that's right. five to yep. eight which which makes me wonder mm-hmm. will in five or six years the acc and the big 12 say wait a
1: minute let's put the second round games on home sites too yeah now i personally like the, the system they're going with next season i like the uh the having the bowl games host quarterfinals on and not necessarily because it's bowl games i like the neutral side aspect and here's why in the nfl you know ev- every game except the super bowl is on a is on a uh home field but in the nfl if you're 11 and 6 and somebody else is 10 and 7 we know you've earned that right 11 and six is better than 10 and seven and the easiest NFL schedule and the most difficult NFL schedule is about that much apart. But in college football, we have such a wide stretch of difference in quality of schedule and overall performance. And it's all just conjecture. It's not determined on the field. Who knows if, you know, like this year, who, who'd we, who would it have been Whoever. you know, Penn State as a ten seed, or uh, Ohio—not well, Ohio State's a bad one because they were in—but uh, whoever, Ole Miss, Penn State. Let's say they were eight and nine, and you're you're judging their record, but they might have had you know this big of a difference in schedule, and so far we've not seen a committee in the history of college football that really cares about strength of schedule and really drills down and goes much beyond the record. So that's why I like getting to neutral sites as quick as possible because I don't want to reward people with a gaudy record and a gaudy ranking based on what some committee thinks. And that's, you know, the closer we get to just, you know, to uh, earning it on the field, I think is, is best.
0: Maybe I'm trying to be too smart here, but I think one way to fix that would be stop playing the mains of the world, uh, no, you know, and the, no the, the Furmans no of the world. And we would have a much no better doubt. idea on the schedules. Let's move to no one doubt. of the next ones. This is something that will happen. We will see big games before Christmas, which is also something I'm super excited about with no disrespect to the R and L carriers, New Orleans bowl. Uh, it will be nice to see some games that actually mean something and not have that, kind of doldrums period
1: between thanksgiving and christmas day you're right i think if i'm not mistaken i think it's december 19 and 20 a friday night and a saturday a game on friday night three games on saturday i don't think college football fans have really honed in on what that's going to mean i mean we we had one of those weekends uh weather sort of messed us up but well, this coming weekend, we're going to have one of those weekends. In the NFL, we're going to have two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and it's top flight football, and it's, you know, final eight and all that. And we, we've, we're accustomed to that. We don't really have that in college football. Never had four games of, you know, basically an NCAA tournament situation. You know, loser or go home. And that's what we're going to have on that Friday and Saturday before Christmas. We're going to have four epic games. That Friday night game might be in Ann Arbor, where it might be 19 and snowy. Uh, the Saturday game could be, you know, I don't know, could be uh, USC at Georgia. Uh, we could have we could have Oklahoma playing Penn State. I mean, it's going to be it's going to blow our minds how cool it's going to be that first weekend. You're right, and then the, of course the quarterfinals move on to to New Year's. And we're going to have the same thing, New Year's Eve uh, game, on, uh, new, game on New Year's Eve night and then three games on New Year's Day. It's just going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah, I hope it blows everyone's mind so much that they try to move the second round games to home sites, but that's just me. Uh, but it is it is going to be awesome before Christmas to have a little bit of college football that's not just Army, Navy and meaningless bowl games. One thing you wrote that could happen is we could be down to four coaches in college football that have won national championships. Now, at the time of your writing, you assumed one of those four coaches that might be left would be Nick Saban Nick, if, yeah. yeah, if Jim Harbaugh uh, left. And now we might be down to three coaches next year It'd that have won three. college football championships. Is this also kind of a, a you know, a, a changing of the guard when it comes to coaches, this new yeah, era you know. of college football where we're starting to see some new names?
1: Yeah, it's two things. One is, it is a changing of the guard. The other thing is we have a shortage of coaches who have won it, whether they're still coaching or not, because it's been such a consolidated, you know, when Nick Saban wins six in 15 years, you know, he there's not a lot of room for other people. Um, but it is amazing. We could be down, I think we're going to be down to three, and one of them is uh, 142 years old, Mac Brown. So, you know, it's, we've got, we got Kirby Smart, we got Dabo Swinney, and, and Mac Brown. That's literally who's left. And, you know, our friend Bob Stoops, he sort of got out ahead of the posse and said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to do something else with my life. We're seeing Nick Saban say that. We've seen some others, Urban Myers, you know, uh, not employed So as a, as a coach. So it's a, interesting to me that we are seeing uh, a changing of the guard. Uh, Kalen DeBoer is the coach at Alabama. I mean, uh, does that resonate with you? Is that, is that sealed into your brains? It hasn't mine. You know, I saw him. Well, saw it's a, that's on about the,
0: like for, for a year after. I remember yeah. working in radio and going, oh, hey, yeah, the Bob
1: Stoops press conference is today. And oh, no, it's a Lincoln no. Riley press conference. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, 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 it, it's going to be changed because college football for so long has been about the coaches, you know, not as much as basketball, but it's still a, a cult of coaches. And that's slowly changing. And you know we'll have some new new stars rise up. Um, whoever you know it could be Kalen DeBoer, um, whoever might you know it could be Dan Lanning. Lots of candidates could be Ryan Day. Um, so, but I think it's fun that we are seeing some some old guys step aside and and, and save the spotlight for some newer blood.
0: One of the other things that could happen uh, next year is that we could have. A Cinderella story. Now, Cinderella story uh, happens in NCAA college basketball all the time. We have the quote unquote mid majors, we call them group of fives in college football. They're invited to the dance now, which is another little added aspect. Um, I think you're with me, Barry, that you think they should be invited. But what would you say to the people who argue, well, if you put in a Tulane or a Liberty, you're not putting in one of the twelve best teams?
1: I would say. Uh, please go to a surgeon and have him cut open your, your chest and make sure you have a heart. That's what I would say. <laughs> um, this idea of, no, you can't. It's, it's literally a Cinderella story. Literally. No, you can't come to the ball. You're not good enough. You're a peasant. Your clothes aren't nice enough. Your shoes aren't nice enough. You don't have a carriage. It's literally that. That's literally what they're doing. We don't have room. It's a Christmas story. No room at the end. You guys go to the stable. Go to your RL Carriers Bowl. Listen, this is America. Give people a chance. We're not saying turn the whole tournament over to them. They're taking one little slot. Going to go play Florida State this year. That's what SMU or Liberty or whoever would have ended up with that slot. They'd have been at Florida State. Um, It probably got whacked. But I think it'd been fun, especially SMU committee screwed it up on Liberty and SMU. But SMU at Florida State, that would have been a fun game. In the, you know, when Boise State's good, Tulane, you mentioned. Um, Memphis has, has been to a Cotton Bowl and played Penn State tough. Tulane beat USC in the Cotton Bowl, uh, you know, 12 months ago. That's what makes sports fun. Let's, the little guy against the big guy. If you're, if you're having a party and it's only, it's only uh, the rich people, I'm probably going to have to stay at home. That's probably what I'm going to do because not really comfortable uh, otherwise. So I don't, I don't like that talk. Give them a chance. Listen, I know basketball is a different sport. I know it's easier for the little guy to win, but think of all the basketball Cinderella's and what they've done for March Madness. You know what they've done? They've made March Madness. And the first time that a two lane beats a Georgia or that, uh, that now a uh, I don't know. Pick us. Uh, pick us one. Uh, James Madison beats a Michigan, an Appalachian state, beats Oklahoma. What it's going to do for the sport is indescribable.
0: It's funny you said uh, SMU Florida State would be great, and I just it made me chuckle because that's a conference game next year. Which and now is, it's a conference it just, game. Yeah, <laughs> it just tells Florida, you how much crazy. It's sort, sort of, of right. one
1: one is not getting paid anything to be in that conference. <laughs> right. And the right. other one is suing to get out of the conference. So it's sort of like a common law marriage. I don't know that it's legally binding. That is definitely
0: somebody without a home who's living right outside a mansion, uh, SMU and Florida state in the ACC for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned March madness and, and we all, everyone loves March madness, Barry, your, your Johnny come lately. Sports fan loves March madness. The people that aren't sports fans love March madness, But people that don't like college basketball will say it's a one-month sport. And I think there's probably some truth to that. What would you say to the people who would argue that this makes college football now more of a
1: one-month sport where games week to week don't mean as much? Well, again, I think they're crazier than (laughs) Loonbirds. Because what we have now, you know, and this was my friend Bill Hancock, runs the college football playoff. He's been saying this forever and he's been wrong, that college football has the best regular season in sport. No, it doesn't. When you get eliminated from the national championship race in the first week of September, and you're LSU or Florida State or somebody, how does that make for a good regular season? When, you know, Lincoln Riley's, what, 2020 team lost early to to K-State and Iowa State. They weren't out of the Big 12 race, but they're out of the national title race. What the How does that make for a good regular season? It's just nonsense. Come November 1st, approximately half of the power conference teams are still going to be in the running to win their conference. Which means a playoff berth if you win that conference. You know what this new system does? It provides people with hope. Just hope. Just, you know... And, and Michael Irvin, I heard Michael Irvin say this today. He said, people with hope try harder. Said that's the people you see give up in life or sports or whatever. They've lost hope. We've given college football a massive infusion of hope. And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Well, all this is going to be fantastic. And I agree with you that it is, uh, there are a lot of people that don't like the transfer portal aspect of college football right now, how quickly guys move from one school to another. You don't have really, you know, uh, it's going to be hard to have sooner legends anymore. They're going to be guys who came Mm -hmm, here for one stop between, you know, Houston and Alabama or something. Um, And also there's, there's the opt out part of bowl season that was kind of at the forefront of this year with the way Florida state got waxed by Georgia Uh, And some other schools that dealt with a ton of opt outs. So, I guess in, in your mind, Barry, how does the new era, the new wave of college football help those two things for the fan that doesn't like where it's at right
1: now? Well, here's one way it helps. I don't know that it's, you know, we got 41 bowls, I think. So, we got 35 bowls outside the playoff. I don't know how you help those. I don't know that we did help those, but I can think of four bowls we helped. All six of the major bowls are going to be uh, pivotal and massive and going to mean everything in the new format. So there's four bowls we help. Not going to be any more Georgia, Florida, States. And I just think the, uh, you know, when you say four bowls, we might lose some bowls. People say we got too many. I don't know why it bothers anybody if we got 26 or 111. Well, who cares how many bowls there are? If you don't want to watch them, don't want to watch them. So. I think it saves four bowls, really enhances them, and that's good. And here's the other thing about the portal. Please, just scrape the imagination into your brain and remember every advent of free agency in sports, every advent that allows players to move around has created more parity in the professional ranks. Major League Baseball in the 70s, NFL in the early 90s, maybe late 80s, NBA in the 90s. It spread out the talent, spread out the talent, gives more people a chance to win. We've seen that already in college football these last three years. We've seen a Cincinnati make the playoff. We've seen a TCU make the title game. We've seen Michigan and Washington win win semifinals to play in the championship. Parity is coming. We've seen the Big 12, you know, in the last four years, only one school has made it twice, and that's OSU. And they didn't win it either time. We've seen massive parity, and a bunch of that is the portal. Don't curse the portal. Embrace the portal. The portal is America. Go be what you want to be. Go do what you want to do. We let coaches run around like crazy with no loyalty. We can't ask the players to stay. You had a great point, though, Todd, and I have never actually pondered that, but I think you're right. It's going to be harder and harder to have multi-year stars at a school. You know, Baker Mayfield, a three-year starting quarterback at OU. Will, it, will they ever have another one? Mason Rudolph, three-and-a-half-year starter at OSU. Will they ever have another one? I don't know. Um, it's, it, it is going to create more fractured rosters, more f- Rosters that come and go, but I don't know that that's a bad thing
0: i I see where you're going, and i i I think right now where there's it needs to come a little bit back towards the middle um you know, I wrote about this in my newsletter that'll be released this week by the time this comes out, it should have been released this week, but there are so many first next year o u s playing their first ever road games at auburn at l s u at old miss. Uh, They're playing their first ever game against South Carolina. Uh, They're renewing a rivalry with Missouri, which is kind of fun if you're an old Big 8 fan. Oklahoma State, same thing. They're renewing their rivalry Uh, with Colorado. They've got Utah for the first time since 1945, the only time they've met. Arkansas is coming to Stillwater in non-conference, which is amazing. So there's all these firsts this year. I would think of those two programs, the one that parody would most benefit in their new normal is Oklahoma State. But Mike Gundy seems very anti doing what you're talking about and embracing the portal. Do you think that's fair to say? Or do you think Gundy, because you've talked about this a lot. Do you think his stand on it is not so much that we shouldn't embrace it, but that it needs to be changed?
1: Oh, yeah, I think he, I mean, let's just be honest about Mike. He's, you know, he's a little bit of a Tom Sawyer character, comes across as, you know, sort of a sort of a rascal, but a charming rascal. The truth is about old Mike, at heart, he's just an old man that doesn't like the world to change. Now, he's younger than I am, so I'm, I'm not talking about his age or his look. And he's, you know, he sort of looks young, he acts young with some of his, you know, the way, way his personality is. But at the root, his values are really old school. And old school doesn't play well when you meet the new age of college football so he wishes it would go the other way but you know what he went out and hit the portal really well he did it uniquely he didn't go try to get the you know the guys that were thinking about georgia or texas a&m or usc he found guys at tulsa and george fox and texas state and he went to the big 12 title game so i mean there are there are guys You call games at UCO, there are guys in the Broncos. The Broncos have guys that could play Division I-A football. They just need the chance, and that's what's great about America. You know, if you're playing at Wyoming and think you can play at Nebraska, go knock yourself out. And, you you know, you might be playing at Alabama and not playing and saying, you know what, why don't I go to Middle Tennessee and throw for 4,000 yards and get picked in the fifth round of the draft? So this is just opportunity. That's what it is it's not the colonial system anymore it's it's a brave new world far and away oklahoma land run all you know all the historical stuff that has we think of that makes america great i think has come to college football
0: and with oklahoma going to the sec they were kind of at the foundation of all of the change of college football and you know between oklahoma and oklahoma state's new conferences you'd be hard-pressed to find a state that's more affected by the change of college football next year than this one. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm with you, Barry. Before I let you go, uh, tell everybody what you're working on over at selloutcrowd.com, barrytrammell.com, and on the uh, Barry Trammell Show and the Jenny and Barry Show.
1: Well, I've got, uh, I got Rick Stroud this week from the Tampa Bay Times, uh, covers the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield's in the NFC uh, uh, semifinals, uh, if you want the latest on Baker Mayfield, Rick will, will help us out. <clears throat> and also, I'm working on a project. Hope I have hope to have it done by Sunday. But showing you just how profound the portal has impacted college football quarterbacking. I think we will be north of 75% new quarterbacks at Power 5 schools. That is historic. It's nothing close to norm. And it's just, uh, to me, it, it it creates a carousel that gives gives the underdogs a, a chance to catch lightning in a bottle and and do something unique.
0: Let's add one more thing to the list that'll make college football season 2024 that much more interesting. Uh, I want to thank Jacqueline Musgrove, our producer. want to thank Michael Lane, our creative director, social media team, Bobby Howard, Michael Martin, also Mike Sherman, Mike Kaler, Chris Murray, all those guys behind the scenes. As well. Want to remind you if you like what you heard or saw, please subscribe, like, leave us a good review, all that good stuff. Download the sellout crowd app as well. And I have one last thing to say before I go, Barry. It's right up there behind me. Go Pat Go. Thanks for I'm joining proud. us here Sign on the Top up. Pod. Sign me
1: up. <laughs>